All right. Hello, everybody. and Welcome again to another episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Char. It's so good to have you in. How are you doing, babe? I'm doing great. Awesome. I am. I'm doing really good today. The weather's wonderful. Oh, it's beautiful here today. It's not too hot. No, so. we live in a in the San Joaquin Valley of California in Bakersfield, where it's usually getting up around 100 degrees right about now in really mid-June. And uh, it's beautiful today. It feels like we're at the beach, yeah? It does. <laughs> we had a great day yesterday. Yesterday was Father's Day. Had uh, our youngest child, our son Cole, was in yesterday. We interviewed him and hope you guys got a chance to listen to that episode. We had some fun. It was great. Uh, today, we're jumping right in. We uh, finished part one of what we call uh, protecting your inner circle. We're going to get to part two right now, and then hopefully add some more tools in as we go. So you ready to go, Ben? I am. Part one, we we did, we left you off with the thought that the what we call inner circle is that very intimate one flesh relationship between husband and wife. That's what we're protecting. That's what's under assault. Yes, it is. In our world today, right? Mm-hmm. Then you add children into that, and that becomes your inner circle. They, uh, We failed to say this last time, but... Uh, they stay in your inner circle. They're always in our inner circle. We have three children and now grandchildren, and they never leave our inner circle. Look, they can come over any night, 11 o'clock, midnight, knock on our door, wake us up, and we just put on the coffee, come on in. But it gets a little weird if we go <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we don't go to their house without a at midnight phone call. No, even during hi, the day. Kids just thought we'd say, Yeah, by. We're, mom and dad are here. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work. The point being, uh, they leave father and mother mm-hmm. and are joined together as one flesh, and we don't go with them. We don't control things. We let them live their life in the Lord, their inner circle. They get to live under the Lordship of Jesus as he leads them and guides them. Our days are pretty well done at that point. Well, I'd like to make a comment there. (laughs) Sometimes it's really hard not to go there because you've had so much influence in your children and they're your babies. And then they grow up and get married or just move out of the home. home. Yeah have their own families and it never changes. I look at my kids, they're my kids and I love them and I want to be with them, but they're not looking at us always as no, they've started their whole life as their friends, no. you know, I mean, think <laughs> of us, honey, we, <laughs> I didn't look back. You didn't look back. No. We loved our, our parents, mm-hmm. your mom and dad particularly so close to us. Uh, but, and we, we loved them dearly, mm-hmm. but, but we were in our own life yeah. and going hard at it. And, and it, it does, it causes some hurt feelings at times. Yeah. And it's a little dance that you yeah. have yeah. trying to figure out this new relationship. And how, how to manage that relationship right. among all the other things in life that can divide a marriage. That's what we're right. really talking about. And parents are in there. You're going right. to see that as we get going. And here we right surely now. do not want to make any division in our children's marriages and their nope. families. And we, we, I know parents never really mean to. They just want to be with their kids. Oh yeah. And it, it's it's a it's a different relationship. Hard to let it go. Yeah, it is. It? It's hard to let it go. Okay. Uh, the inner circle, obviously, you you've heard us say before. We f- we feel like it is completely under assault in today's world. It feels like all the forces of hell have been mm-hmm. marshaled together to mm-hmm. assault marriage and family today. I don't think it's ever been valued less in American culture. 
it's it really is a challenge. So protecting this inner circle from the different ways that it gets assaulted in this world is what we're talking about. And it really takes vigilance. It takes a husband and a wife, like two little warriors right. we talked about who patrol the perimeter of that one flesh inner circle of family and marriage and do what they need to do to keep it good. I always think of it as a little a little military person uh-huh. with their uniform on, with their <laughs> rifle over their shoulder, little soldiers. walking around, making sure nothing penetrates right. their righteousness, joy, and peace in their home. Well, honestly, that's the kind of lens we're trying to get people to have over their eyes mm-hmm. when they think of their marriage because it is a battle. Yeah, right. And to not understand that, to not have that as part of your theology of marriage, which we talk about a lot, understanding what it is that God has designed and the assault on it every day, a right, any right theology of marriage has to have at its center this issue of warfare. It's a battle. It's, right? a, du- it's a duty that we have. Big time. If, if we want to protect that. Yep. So the kingdom of God, if a couple... Charlene, if, if when you and I started being believers, followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. and wanting to be kingdom people, mm-hmm. right, live like He's really our King, right, then we should every believer should expect who claims the lordship of Jesus that that there is righteousness, joy, and peace in their life. Doesn't mean that their life isn't without struggle and battle and mm-hmm. and difficulties at times, but there is this overall sense and abiding of righteousness or rightness, what that's what that means, and peace and joy. That's what Romans 14, 17, that's how that verse defines the kingdom. The evidence that it's operating in my life, and particularly in our married life between me and you and here in our home, is that there is the presence of righteousness, peace, and joy, which in the end is what we're all mm-hmm. hungry for, mm-hmm. right? So when that's disrupted, this is how the our adversary works. He disrupts that righteousness, joy, and peace. He assaults it. The Bible says that he, he exalts himself above all that is God and all that's worthy of worship. So that marriage union gets assaulted, and his attempt is to rob, literally rob, mm-hmm. a marriage, mm-hmm. a household. And, of, and eventually just divide it. Totally. Mm-hmm. It, which it can start so small, just a, mm-hmm. a, just a slight penetration of an issue. Mm-hmm. We've seen so many different issues ultimately left undealt with lead to the dissolving of a marriage. Mm-hmm. All these things that we're about ready to talk about, each one has, I've seen, you have too, honey, a source of, a, of the end of a marriage, mm-hmm. right? So we're reminded we don't war against flesh and blood. All these things are deeply spiritual, and let's figure out how to contend with them and overcome them. Uh, there, there's a passage that reveals the nature of this battle. When Jesus was tested or tempted in the wilderness, Luke 4 verse 13 records that after three challenges and Jesus just thwarts every attempt of Satan by the word of God three different times. And then there's this interesting verse that says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So we learn that this adversary is an opportunist. Now, the opportunities that he seizes in the life of two believers, two two people who love Jesus and are married, 
because he, he lacks authority, has no dominion or authority in the life of those who belong to the Lord. So he is left to seize opportunities that we give him. Right. That, that we open the door oh, to. Absolutely. Sometimes and, unwillingly or unknowingly. Oh, most of the time. We, but all of a sudden, there's something slamming around our inner circle. We're robbing. We're fighting. Yep. We're no contentious. Peace. No peace. And we can't get a handle on it. Right. That's when you know that you that the, the Satan right. has come in and he's seizing an opportunity that we have to, given him. In to a, rob in us a, of the righteousness, right. joy, and peace uh -huh. that we should expect. Now, what he uses is the common stuff of life. This is what we want to talk about today. There, some of it is people. And we're going to talk about the people stuff first, what we call the people stuff, and then we'll get into the non-people stuff. So hopefully we'll get into the non-people stuff today. We will. We will. We list these, we call these the enemies or adversaries of your marriage. We see these as as potential enemies of our marriage. Right. And we've we've had some. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We've had to overcome them and figure out how to deal with mm -hmm. them. So here we go. Number one, the first adversary, this is the people stuff. Obviously, other men and other women, the infamous right. affair mm -hmm. where an outside person, be it a neighbor, a secretary, somebody you're introduced to, someone on the bowling team, yeah, right? it could be anybody, but this other men or other women who invade your inner circle and begin to bounce around in there robbing a couple of righteousness, joy, and peace. Now, what that feels like is the way you identify that is just constant arguing about it. We, we went through a little bit of this. Just let me hang a little flesh on this. Pastoring churches, we, I, it, I did a lot of counseling. I was one that pretty hands-on. And so women struggling would, would come for encouragement or help, right? So there's been a number of times where Charlene had a bad feeling about somebody, uh, a female. Not, not necessarily that it was anything inappropriate. I just didn't feel like I wanted my husband to be alone right. with this person. Right. Be because in counseling, you talk about intimate things sure. anyway. Sure. And I just had a check in my heart about it. And we always had checks and balances in place. I mean, slightly open door. I would never in my uh, office space uh, without some of the staff mm -hmm. there. Uh, I didn't, you know, these are self-imposed boundaries. Years. We yeah. learned those over the years. Never gives mm -hmm. a, a woman a ride home. There were things that we had in place, mm -hmm. but Charlene would say, I, I, I'm asking you not to see that person anymore. Hand them off to one of the women on staff. And uh, sometimes Kenny would say, Hey, this right? is, nothing's going on here. I, you know, this person has an issue and they need some help. And it's like, well, I'm not feeling good about it. So we would, we'd have tension. Mm -hmm, now what's mm -hmm. happening, if you just kind of dig in here with me, we're losing our joy and peace. Mm -hmm. We're, we're now having from time to time arguments about this. Mm -hmm. and I'm going, Hey, this, I need, I can still see this, but there's nothing weird here. And she, I just got a feeling about that. That's not a healthy thing. Uh, she might want more than counseling there. And I want you to, to please do this. And so we had to learn to push that person out where there was peace in our home again, peace in our relationship. So it, when you find yourself arguing about this stuff, too much time here, honey, I wish you wouldn't see that person there. This makes me nervous. 
we really need to listen to each other and be really, really aware of this stuff because, oh man, Sean, how many couples do we know that suffered greatly mm-hmm. at the hands of an affair of someone they knew, someone in their circle, and they got in their inner circle and it became a real problem and, down and the road. Satan takes that opportunity to cause a division between you two. And what we learned is it's not that we're not going to have relationships with other men and other women. Of course we do. We have great friends and um, I'm very close with some of my friends' uh, husbands, but it's an appropriate relationship. And that's that's, the word. That's what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. We always say what's appropriate and what's appropriate is you have these boundaries around you. So they never are in that inner circle to keep that appropriate. An appropriate place. Sometimes a couple has to move a person Mm -hmm. out into an appropriate place where they're not arguing about it anymore. They found a solution where that person's moved out of that inner circle. They're not bouncing around in Mm -hmm. there, creating a loss of joy and peace and righteousness in the home. And how you recognize this is because you are that little person with your rifle on your shoulder, (laughs) you're watching everything that's you're guarding your marriage all the time. If two people are doing this, it doesn't penetrate. Right. It doesn't get that far in. Now we've had, actually with me, I've had someone tell me that they had feelings for me. Oh yeah. And the relationship was inappropriate. I didn't have the inappropriate relationship, but he did. And he was a a friend of, uh, he was a husband of my friends. And I immediately told Kenny and that's where it ended. Yeah. And then we pushed that relationship out into Wasn't an appropriate angry, place. Hateful. No. It just got moved out to an appropriate place. Mm-hmm. We took the steps necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually we kept the friendship yeah. because it was known to him that yeah. nothing was happening here. Yeah. 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 So other men and other women. All right. Let's let's move our way through here. Secondly, parents. Now yeah. this this is interesting because we've seen an overzealous mommy or an overzealous daddy (laughs) become the source of the loss of peace within a couple's life Mm -hmm. where mom won't stay out of their business or dad Mm -hmm. won't stay out of their business or the married partner is overly connected. They didn't leave father and mother. That, that, that leaving process, uh, severance never, never took place. And it's, there's arguments about it. Hey, can you have your mom not call here every night? Hey, can you have your dad kind of not just walk by and check the tires on our car <laughs> uninvited? <laughs> uninvited. Well, you know, to be honest, when you first get married, I was very close to my dad and he always protected me and was a real security for me in my life. And he was very lion personality. And he watched over me very well, very Mm -hmm. protective. And when I first got married, I was 20 and I married this boy, you know, (laughs) that really didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always calling my dad about everything. Dad, what about this? What about that? You know, how do you do this? And we're going to buy a car. What do you think? And pretty soon Kenny was like, hey, you know, what am I, you know, (laughs) chopped liver here? You know, I'm a man. And but I didn't look at him as that yet. And I right. knew it was causing him to feel insecure yeah. and I needed to lean on him and, and uh, my husband for those things. And it was a process for me. Yeah. It took a couple of years before I didn't want to say, dad, what about this or that? Yeah. And 
it, it, it was just needed to be inappropriate. We sure. can, of course, ask our parents. That's what they're there well, they're for. They're huge in our life. You don't move right. them out of your life, but you move them into an appropriate right. place so in it, your life. So it doesn't disrupt that unity that you have. Some of the things you got to be careful of, let me give you some examples, is, is borrowing money from them. Mm -hmm. That's inviting them into your inner circle. Be careful of that. Calling a parent and oversharing a struggle you had with your husband or wife. You've now invited them into your inner circle. We suggest to couples all the time, don't do that. That's, that's the last person you want to no, talk to about because they're stuff. They usually will never be look objectively at, at the situation. You're their child. They will yes. always yes. side with you. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. So there's things that, that you do to keep that at a uh, in an appropriate mm -hmm. relationship mm -hmm. with mom and dad. Now, if you're listening and you're a parent, learn from this. Don't don't get in their inner circle. Don't tell them what house to buy. If they're not asking your advice, right. steer clear. Let those beautiful kids that you work so hard to raise, let them work their life out in the Lord. Let Jesus lead them and guide them. They'll get their boo-boos. They'll make their mistakes. Now, you're always there for them. If they ask for mm -hmm. your advice, man, there's been times where Charlene's dad, I needed to call him and, mm -hmm. and ask him some advice on things. So you're there for them, but you don't go with them. And, and really the issue here is control. Right. That's the issue. It right? is. It's control. You don't control them. And th they control, speaking of control from the marriage partnership, the husband and wife, it's Jesus who has control of their mm -hmm. life, not their mom or their dad. Mm -hmm. You go where the Lord calls you to go. You buy into the neighborhood where Jesus is sending you into that neighborhood as a kingdom person. And mom and dad, we, we took two of our grandchildren to Southeast Asia for a year when I was working in the oil and gas industry. And Charlene's mom and dad didn't want that to happen, but that was what the Lord was doing in our life. And we all cried a whole lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we, we are, mm -hmm. the onus was on us to follow mm -hmm. the Lord, not right. the whims or desires of mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Just a, a quick example. One time, Char, Charlene's mom, who I loved dearly, she's with Jesus now, but she got in the way of a moment where I needed to discipline one of my kids. It was Blake. And uh, she kind of protected him. She said, oh, Kenny, he, he didn't, he doesn't need to be disciplined. He didn't mean that. And, and I snapped my finger. I said, Blake, go to the bedroom. We're going to, we're going to have one of those come to Jesus conversations. <laughs> and, uh, I had to look at Charlene's mom. Her name was Winnie, the dearest soul ever. And I said, Winnie, you, you can't do that. You would have lit your kids up <laughs> over that same thing. You're a grandma now. You're soft. Oh yeah. And you need to let me. Grandmas get really you need to, soft. I you need to back up. Let me discipline my kids. And she apologized. And it was never another issue. Never one time. You, you know what's funny? I look at my grandkids now. I think of that story a lot. And I look at my grandkids and I go, "Please don't do anything bad while while." I'm here because I hate to see you get disciplined by your parents. <laughs> I hate seeing you get in trouble. And it's like every time that they do, it's like, I told you, don't do anything bad while yeah. I'm here. Because it just, as a grandma, you know, it just breaks your heart. Yeah. But as a parent, you've got to take care of that discipline. So. In, the, in the way of the people stuff, a couple more, there's friends and family members. Um, and then lastly, surprisingly, children. And this doesn't, in a, in a first time marriage, this normally isn't a problem. But in uh, subsequent remarriages and blended families, I tell you, we've seen children become the source of enormous suffering and pain within the couple. So be aware that 
even children can be something that is used mm -hmm. by an adversary to divide this holy thing, this mm -hmm. sacred oath and bond of one flesh relationship that God miraculously created between a husband and wife. Yes, the deceiver will use children to divide that. And when that comes into play, it's normally with discipline. Yeah. That you have two different yeah. um, ideas, ideas of, of yeah. discipline and just coddling. One parent coddles more than the other. And it's really hard to bring that into control because one parent's softer usually than sure. the other. One parent sees things different than the other because you're two different people here. Yeah. So as far as that goes, that's when you go in the other room and you work this out with you, you and the Lord, absolutely. not in front of your children. Right. And so they know that, you know, kids are smart. They know who to go to yeah. when yeah. they want something. Yeah. So that brings a lot of division in marriages. This is why, by the way, uh, and I we say this kind of unashamedly, we encourage most of the time someone who has children goes through the tragedy of of uh, either losing a spouse in death becomes widowed or divorced they find themselves single with a couple kids that they're raising we honestly encourage them to just raise their kids to put off if they can that love life and because it becomes so complicated and we've seen so many do so badly at it and and it's disastrous uh look i had a couple stepdads come through my life uh fought with one of them on the floor at 11 years old a fist fight right so i come from and i and and, and these are wonderful people they weren't evil my mom was a wonderful person and and so were the the two men that she married after the divorce with my father but this is just complicated stuff. Mm -hmm. It is complicated. So two people really need to be mature in the Lord. And, and what we do encourage people is get a lot of help. If you're going to remarry and you've got children, they've got children, you're going to do the his, hers, and ours route, mm -hmm. get help. Get in a group. Exactly. Get in a group that's working it out, that's doing a good job of seeking the Lord in it and get the get You're going to need two rifles on each shoulder. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Because this is hard. And every person in a blended family will tell you this is the issue usually that they have the most trouble with in their marriage yep. is this. That's the only reason we say, if you can, yeah. put off remarriage. Put it off. Yep. It's never easy on children. Yeah. Yeah. It's never easy. And that's just our advice. That's yeah. not, uh, you know, written in the word of God. It's just our, we've just experienced mm -hmm. how difficult this can be. All right. We're going to go a little bit long today, but I want to stay with it. No, my wife is waving yeah, me off I'm saying we'll do we'll it just, next episode. Yeah, because the other ones really need a lot of explanation also. Okay. I think we need to just take that in the next episode. Okay. I think. So, so next time then, we'll, we will keep this to a little over 20 minutes. The, the ne next episode, we'll do this very quickly. We'll get into the non-people enemies, uh, potential enemies of a marriage. And then we're going to ask two questions. Be thinking about these questions because this is where we're heading. This is what gets important. Number one, which of these are evil? And the answer is none of them. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. they, but they all are potential problems that can rip and tear and shred mm -hmm. at the one flesh fabric of a married life. And, and then, and we have it all in common. Yes. The, all these oh, we, things are in common. Who doesn't have to 
have parents yeah. in your life, right. other men, other women every day, children in the workplace right. and, and children. So this is common to us all gang. Uh, and then uh, the last question, are any of these things worth losing a marriage? And that's what we'll really drill down into next time. So this has been fun. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Yeah. So thanks so, so much for joining us and we look forward to continuing this discussion. Uh, we'll probably post both of these episodes one right after another. So you can almost listen to it as one part. That said, God bless you, gang. So mm. glad to have you in today. May the Lord bless your marriage. Remember, mm. your marriage really does matter. It does.